Hi everyone, my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fanfiction. Each episode, the three of us individually bring a fic to talk about. Normally, we just bring a fic that we liked ourselves and want our co-hosts to read. Um, but this is a little bit of a different episode. It's a themed episode around a rec exchange. Um, so what we did this time is each of us picked a fic with a different host in mind. Um, so Brenna, tell us who your pick was for and what your pick was. Yes, so this week uh, my pick was for Reed, and for Reed, I am forcing them to talk about Stucky, (laughs) 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 featuring the fic Four Minute Window by Speranza. It is a Steve Bucky fic uh, set post-Winter Soldier. Um, I love this fic. I hope my co-hosts enjoyed it (laughs) Um, this episode more than ever, so that's mine. Uh, Reed, what was yours? I picked a fic for Nick. Um, My fic is The Girls of Summer by I Am the Enemy for that classic hit huge fandom, Bend It Like Beckham. Uh, It's technically Jen, but it's about Jess and Jules. Nick, what did you pick? And ooh, who did you pick it for? I'm dying to know. (laughs) I recommended a fic too. Can I get a drum roll? This is good audio. (laughs) (laughs) Brenna! Wow. Okay. Shocker. Well... (laughs) My fic is called Famous Last Words by Ms. Tarwai Thial. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of letters in that. Not a three name. No. Fanfiction.net name, baby. Uh, this is a Twilight fic. It's Jacob slash Edward. It was published in 2008, and we'll talk more about that fact and the fic when we get there. So do we want to talk about why this is a Wreck Exchange themed episode? Sure. Yeah, so uh, each year, well, last year and this year, and hopefully for future years, uh, we host a holiday rec exchange. It's a similar premise to a fic exchange, but instead of writing your own fic for your recipient, you are out there hunting around, locating fics that already exist on the interwebs, and putting together a customized rec list for someone. Um, So that's happening right now as we are recording this and as we are releasing this episode. So we thought it would be fun to kind of do a mini version of that as a themed episode for ourselves as well. Um, When you sign up for our rec exchange, you list things like fandoms you're interested in, your likes and dislikes, your do not wants. We didn't do that for each other. (laughs) We said we've been doing this podcast for over a year and you better fucking know. Also, like, I feel like in the rec exchange, because we all participate, when I get my recipient, I'm like, oh, beautiful recipient, I want you to really love and enjoy this fic that I'm handpicking for you with great love. This for me was like, what am I going to inflict upon Brenna? And she doesn't have a choice. Like not, I mean, okay, to be fair, we kind of do that every time. (laughs) We all have to read the fics anyway. But this was like specifically targeted. I wanted her to have fun, but I also wanted it to be something that would... I don't want to say, like, I didn't want it to be a knife, <laughs> but you I wanted want to, to inflict incisive. some psychic damage on me, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um, as we are recording, we 
just sent out assignments today and it has been so, so delightful to see the folks in the Discord server sort of like obscurely talking about their recipients because it is anonymous. Um, so people just saying things like, ooh, like I'm really excited about this or like I'm gonna go like hunting for like redacted fandom. Um, but it's just been really delightful to see everyone's reactions to it. I'm glad that um, already it seems like people are having fun with it. It's cute and it's also a relief because we spent so much time matching and I get so nervous that someone's gonna be like, this sucks and I hate it. But they were all so excited and that made me really happy. Fingers crossed, so far we so haven't far. had any problems. So far, so good. <laughs> yes, I messaged one of our friends earlier about something totally different and she was like, yes, I'm free. All I'm doing is pulling my recs for the rec exchange. And I was like, yes, like two afters, hours after we sent out assignments. <laughs> this is exactly what I love to see. Nick, when you said like, we spend so much time matching people. I wish I could explain the state of mind mm. that we went into. Like, it's like you're holding so many pieces of information, trying desperately to be like, okay, like, I think these two people would, would be a good match. Like, oh no, wait, we've already put this person with this person. It's like trying to, but wait, they match on three fandoms. What are we gonna do? <laughs> Being like, this person said they requested this, right? No, it was just an offer, not a request. Like, because <laughs> we had. It's like when you see one of those people who like starts with three balls when they're juggling and then they add in more balls and then they add in other yeah. objects and they add in like a knife and they're just <laughs> juggling all of that. And you're like, oh God. You're juggling oh God. with each other and you're trying to remember <laughs> what you're juggling. <laughs> And it's like, if we stop for one moment, we will drop all of these. Yes. So we can't stop. We just have to go. <laughs> yeah. Have we already juggled the knife? I think so. Keep going. <laughs> one thing I thought was kind of funny too, looking at um, the messages in the Discord is that I know that last year for my participant, um, I went to their AO3 bookmarks and was sort of like looking through uh, for like a specific fandom to see like what ships they might have in there um, because they hadn't put anything particular. So I was trying to get a sense of their preferences and I use that as a sort of like a guide. And I thought it was really funny how people in the Discord were like, first of all, one person was like, oh, my recipient has great taste. Like looking through their bookmarks, like adds to mark to later, adds to my mark to later, adds to my mark for later. Um, but also some people were like, oh, I had fix in mind and they're already in mm -hmm. my recipient's bookmarks, um, which I found kind of delightful. I mean, I'm sorry because I think that makes wrecking a little bit harder when you're like, I have an idea. Oh, wait. Mm -hmm. But I also love that they're already so in sync. You're on the right track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I've done in the past to like find wrecks, and I don't know if it'll be possible for my recipient this year because I think I'm wrecking for newer fandoms, but is to go way back and find old fic rec lists, either ones that I made for fandoms like five or ten years ago, ones I reblogged on Tumblr that long ago, or just like in old like fic rec blogs on Tumblr. Um, because I feel like that, that's where you find the stuff that's been, like, forgotten about a little bit. You can find, like, some hidden gems that aren't, like, necessarily in the most popular of AO3 search. Yeah, it's... I have a blog from yesteryear um, that I, I haven't updated my bio in it since I was 19. <laughs> if that tells you it's been a minute, y'all. Um, and... Some of the only notes I still get on posts, because it's an archive at this point, um, is for a 60 plus fic rec list that I made for oh one specific God. pairing in that fandom. <laughs> and like, wow, I was a legend. I remember vividly taking down the notes for these fics in like a notebook and I still have it. I found it when I was looking for something else the other day. Oh I my God. took them by hand. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. So if anything from that blog deserves uh, to continue to live, it's probably that. It's funny too what you're saying, Brent, about like um, discovering like 
hidden gems or like forgotten gems because something I noticed in differences between people's signups is some people were like, hey, like I'm pretty new to this fandom. Like I don't know anything, like give me the classics. And then other people were like, I have read so much in this tag. If you have something that is really like smaller that people don't know about, like I would love to see it. Um, so that like, that's always interesting to me too. Like what people are looking for. Um, like maybe how new they are to the fandom or just sort of like how much they have or haven't read for it. Now that we've talked about recommending fic, I've got something else I think you'll love. The rest of this episode. Let's go. Alright, so my pick for this episode is Four Minute Window by Speranza. It is a Steve Bucky fic uh, set post-Winter Soldier. It is, like, canon divergent, I guess. Um, it's not canon compliant. No, no but it's not, like... It, I would say canon divergent is the perfect Oh, no, absolutely. Form. Yeah, but because, like, sometimes canon divergent means, like, it's really divergent, oh, and this no. one I would say is is a perfect balance of divergent. <laughs> Somewhat divergent. Yeah. Somewhat divergent. Um, this is my rec for Reed. Reed said I could pick Stucky Fix, <laughs> so I just want to get that on the record. <laughs> um, the, I had some other things in play, but I just I wanted to talk about this fix so bad, and it had so many of my, like feelings about why these are good characters and like what is good within the MCU. <laughs> so I hoped some of that would be conveyed. Um, for content warnings, I would say there isn't really anything too big. Uh, the only things I want to give shout outs for are like canon typical violence and some sort of like period typical homophobia in flashbacks, both of which I think are pretty run of the mill for Stucky Fick. Um, this fic, like I said, it takes place post-Winter Soldier, um, when Steve is living in DC. Um, he basically starts having these random, super brief encounters with Bucky and realizes that one, Natasha and the CIA are, like, really keeping tabs on Steve, like, extensively so, and largely to try and protect him from Bucky and also to take Bucky into custody. Um, the fic, is basically about them trying to escape together. It's very good. It has big spy feels. I love the plotting. I love the pacing. Um, there's towards like the kind of climax of the plot, like my heart it was racing. Like this is my reread and I felt anxious. Like I knew what was going to happen. And yet I was still so in it in like the action of the sequences. I think that's a big part of like what gripped me so much about this fic. And I also just think the uh, characterization is really good. It's a different Bucky than I see in a lot of fics. And I really loved him here. Um, and and there's no Tony bashing in this fic, so <laughs> I did make sure of that. Thank you. For a resident Tony stan. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, it was all for you. Yeah. For uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really curious to hear what you guys thought of it before we get further into our discussion. I want to start by saying that I really, really liked this fic. But also, as I was taking notes on it, I distinctly had the thought several times where I was like... <laughs> I think Brenda would be kind of exasperated by what I'm pulling away from this fic. Like, I was, like, leaving little notes to myself, and I was like, I don't know if this is what Brenda wanted me to get out of this, but I'm having a good time with it, so I think you achieved your goal there. Um, I mean, I don't know that there's anything in particular that I wanted you to get out of it, 
other than enjoyment. So <laughs> yeah, well, I was just thinking about like my half page of notes on Tony, my like side <laughs> note about BTS and Grand Central Station, mm-hmm. just really off the rails. Um, yeah, I did not plan for those things, but <laughs> uh, no, I really, really liked this fic. Um, it's interesting because the Steve felt in many ways like a familiar Steve. Like it felt like a Steve I'd seen before. The Natasha felt like pretty different from most Natasha's that I feel like I've read. Um, and Bucky, like, I don't know, with with post, um, like, Winter Soldier fix, I feel like I expect there to be a pretty heavy emphasis on, like, Bucky struggling with, like, him versus the Winter Soldier, but there was almost none of that from Bucky himself. Like, from the very beginning, Bucky is Bucky. Like, he has remorse for what he's done as the Winter Soldier, but there's no, like, I don't want to say there's none of that back and forth, but they're, like, there really isn't that same internal struggle for him. It's a lot of the external of, like, Natasha and the CIA slash, like, maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. also. Unclear how much of them is, like, still around. Um, Like, them all thinking that he is still very much the, like, programmed Winter Soldier. So that was really interesting to me, too. Um, Yeah, like, I liked the characterizations. I absolutely agree, Bren, that there was a point where I was, like, I was, like, oh my god, like, the adrenaline going through my body. I was, like, are they going to make it? Like, yeah, probably, but... The, the buildup of this fic is so good that even even having a pretty good idea that it was a happy ending, like, um, I, I still very much felt, like, in it and felt, like, the, the rush of, like, the heist and all that. Um, and also, like, even though, listen, even though I am stony till I die, <laughs> um, it's not like I've never understood the appeal of Stucky and I feel like so much of it is the, like, tender romanticism. I don't know, like, this, like very fragile childhood thing and then to see it come together the way it did in the end I was just like it is soft and domestic and it got me in all of my feelings so like yes Bren you did a fantastic job really enjoyed this one Bren just did a little fist pump (laughs) yeah uh we've already spoiled a lot of this fic but I would recommend if you are thinking you might be interested in reading it I went in knowing absolutely nothing and like really loved that for myself so before we spoil the rest of it, if you want to read it, I would recommend going for it. It's very good. Um, I really enjoyed it, honestly. Uh, again, I haven't read a ton of Marvel fic. Um, almost all of it has been for this podcast. <laughs> so every time they're like, ooh, this characterization, I'm like, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. This Natasha felt so true to the Natasha of the Winter Soldier movie. So for me, I was like, yeah, this makes perfect sense to me, actually. Um, like the having taught Steve spy things, the them being close, but her being on like kind of the other side in a lot of ways, the constant calculations she's doing about what she can and can't get away with to still work with the CIA and like all this stuff. I don't know. I really liked it. Um, similarly, I liked Bucky in it. I thought he was very good. I thought he did a great job. Good job, Bucky. <laughs> Uh, he had his plan and he didn't give up um i think one of the things i like the most about this fic though is the structure um very 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 well executed um it's interesting to see like chapters separated in a one shot so like the headings were the chapter changes not like changing a page on ao3 that's just like its own thing um it reminded me a bit of reading on like live journal or something but yeah i thought like it was just speranza is a very good writer I think we can all agree on that uh, as as a unit and just as a larger collective of people <laughs> that read fic. <laughs> because I think so much of it, like, there were scenes that I never would have thought to put into a fic like this. 
Um, and I'm thinking specifically of like Natasha and Steve making out and like almost having sex at one point. Like that's not something that ever would have even occurred to me, but I thought it worked really well. Um, the POV changes I thought were really, really well done. They were not confusing or hard to follow. I think so much of it is just like, this is such a technically good fic with a good premise <laughs> that yeah. like, I was always going to enjoy it. Like it's just executed so well. The premise just needed to be good and it was in fact great. And I think that was like, it just made it a very good experience. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons I felt like solid bringing this because even if it wasn't necessarily your favorite chip or... Even your favorite story for these characters, I think the execution of the premise is so on point that it's hard not to enjoy that aspect of it, especially if you're like us and just enjoy good fic in general. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think one of the things that always stands out to me about this fic is how quick it starts. I really enjoy a story, both in fic and in like published works, Um that just kind of drops you in. And this fic does such an effective job of that. It literally starts with basically Steve taking a run, just kind of like the same beginning of Winter Soldier. And he like runs into Bucky and he only realizes it's Bucky after they sort of fall down. And then he realizes that Bucky did this intentionally. And Bucky's like, we're being watched. We've only got a couple minutes and blah, blah, blah. And it's so brutal right from the start. Um, and there's this line where Bucky's like, the thing is, we've probably only got 10 minutes. Like, it's not a lot of time, not if we want to get away clean. And it's got to be clean if we want to, you know, make a life somewhere. And it's like, holy shit. Uh -huh. Like, you don't know if they've seen each other at all since basically they ended up in the Potomac. And it's such an intense way to start this fic and to set up their dynamic and what's going to continue to happen. And I'm obsessed with it. I just... <laughs> Like, I think it does such an effective job of gripping you as, like, a reader right from the bat and also doing so much work so fast to get you to understand the stakes of the story and what is going to be at play throughout the rest of it. Something I was thinking about when Nick said that this is such, like, a technically good fic is that I'm not a hugely visual person, um, especially when it comes to my own writing that is absolutely one of the things I struggle with most is, like, giving any sort of clear description about the setting or like where they are or anything um and I felt so not just grounded in this fic the whole time but like like I could picture it so easily um there is a bit where Bucky basically through a coded message sends Steve to the New York Public Library and Steve is like looking at um all these different eras of maps of Grand Central Station because Bucky's trying to like plan them an escape route um and it, it goes through the process of Steve like mentally layering the different years of maps and seeing sort of what the bigger picture is. And somehow like that was something that I could picture really clearly too, which I think is such a credit to Speranza because like that is so not my forte in like making things vivid. And also like that is not a thing that I myself would be able to do, but somehow I felt like I could picture Steve doing it so clearly. And like, I could just see the scene so vividly. I don't know. I just really loved that. Like I loved how real and present this fic felt the entire time I was reading it. Yeah, as someone who, like, can't really visualize shit, to be honest, <laughs> I tried. There's, like, a meme going around on Twitter a while ago that was, like, which apple do you see in your head? And, do you, like, and it was, like, ooh, one is, like, nothing. And then, like, seven or whatever on the scale was, like, a photo of an apple. Mm -hmm. Do you know how long I spent thinking of apples? And I was, like, apple, apple. <laughs> and, like, I just kind of kept getting, like the concept of an apple <laughs> but I wasn't getting like apple 
You know what I mean? I can't really. I'm Apple like, vibes. I don't even have to close my <laughs> eyes. Like the apple could be right here. Like I just see it. It's there. I can like, I can visualize like a little squiggly one. <laughs> I'm like somewhere halfway between you guys. Like I'm, it is never as clear as Brenna, but I've got, I've got more than apple vibes. Apple vibes. Well, I, I know I, it's all of it. It's like apple, the whole holistic apple. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't worry about it. I can't Your explain. Your little arm gesture. <laughs> well, I'm trying to show you, but I don't have any good visuals. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I am someone who frequently tunes out a lot of the visual input that a fic tries to give me. I sp- oh my god, y'all, like reading a sex scene, do I ever really know what's happening? Like, I'm like, where- leg where? I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Body parts are hard to keep track of when I'm reading. Yeah, or like someone's like in a room. Like if, if that room is not described multiple times and like the person is engaging with it, or sometimes even if they are, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, And then they pick up the knife and I'm like, where did they get that knife? <laughs> oh, it was three paragraphs up. Okay, fine. Um, like I-, I tune out a lot of that. But I think this fic was so clear. Um, there were a couple of points where it lost me a little bit just with my own brain um, of like the specific escape route through like three different doors and up a stairwell. And I was like, where'd he go? I even <laughs> lost him. I'm like one of these spies assigned to him. You're like Agent 53 or whoever uh, it was. Yeah, I'm, I'm like well, Agent 55, I think. Sorry, Agent 55, who was yeah. like, we She's lost pretty him. She's good though. And Natasha was like, try it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Agent 55. Um, No, but I think like honestly such a credit to this fic for being able to keep me for so much of it, especially in the parts that were like, like the part Reed was saying of the maps over each other, of him sitting in the library, of him sitting on the subway, reading the newspaper, finding the Dewey Decimal number that he needs specifically. Like there was so much that was actually really easy to picture and easy to follow. And I appreciated that. Thank you, author, uh, because that's something that it doesn't ever stand out to me unless it's done super well, because even when it's done badly, my brain's just like, whatever, <laughs> throws it out the window a little bit. Yeah, I think sometimes I'm a visual reader to like a point of detriment. <laughs> because like, if a character is in a room, I see the room in my head, but sometimes that room hasn't been described yet. And this room will be described later. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my room. <laughs> <laughs> my room. Um, No, but I-, I totally agree with you too. And I was thinking a lot while reading this fic about an ask that I saw Speranza get on Tumblr um, that was about how she writes New York and like how she can do it so well. And I, I think she lives there. Like, I don't like, that's what this post got me to. So I'm not trying to like, we're actively doxing Speranza. <laughs> I don't, I don't know Speranza. <laughs> no. Um, but like they were talking about um, having lived there the ho- their whole lives and like their family living there before them and how that gives them this sort of knowledge of like the layers of the city and like what's been built up on top of each other over time. And I just saw that so effectively in this fic, both I think the most clearly in that library map room scene, but also when Steve's like running through Grand Central trying to use those maps in his head and thinking about like, oh, like this leads to here, but it isn't there anymore. So what is it going to lead to? And then I think also just literally the effect of Steve and Bucky in New York, like their lived experiences of like what remains from when they were kids there in like the 30s and like how it is now in like the 2010s-ish of this fic. Um I just absolutely love that part. And I think it gives me such like a vivid 
picture of their lives and of their feelings in the city, even though, like, I've literally never been to New York. I don't know what it looks like outside of, like, TV and movies. <laughs> but it, in this fic, it exists so vividly in my head, and I'm just, like, obsessed with that. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I'm probably the New York expert of the three of us, considering... <laughs> <laughs> well, can I finish? Yeah, please. Um, I did once go to a Broadway show on Broadway wearing Ugg boots, so... Uh-huh. Just to be clear, that's only locals would do that. Yeah, that's fashion, baby. <laughs> Thank you, I agree. I want to clarify, like, I'm not from New York, but I did grow up, like, 15 minutes outside of it for most of my life. My mother was horrified when she saw the pictures. <laughs> she was so horrified. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to spoil the end of the fic here. Yeah. But, so the reason pew, it's... Pew, 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 pew. Spoiler <laughs> horns. <for> me. <laughs> Thank you, Brenna. So the the reason it's called Four Minute Window, Brenna kind of alluded to it earlier, but at the beginning, Bucky is like, there are agents watching you, Steve. Like, if we're going to get out, we have a 10 minute window. And then sort of as like Natasha and the CIA are converging a little bit on like trying to figure out what Bucky's plans are and what Steve is doing, that window gets smaller and smaller until it's a Aha, four minute window. Such a good title. It's really good. But they they do manage to escape. Um and, like, Bucky leads them out to Pennsylvania. Um, they sort of, like, go incognito. And then they go back to Brooklyn, which I loved. But um, specifically, Brenna, as you were talking about, like, having a picture of what New York meant to them. Um, you get sort of, like, two epilogues at the end. And one of them is, like, Bucky and Steve are living such, like, a domestic, normal life. Um, and Steve is out, like, on a job in New Jersey. And Bucky calls him and is like, there are bats, like, giant bats attacking Brooklyn Bridge. And Steve was like, ugh, you know, if it was Midtown, I would just, like, let it be. But, like, that's my bridge. And I just thought that was so good. Like, for so many reasons. Sorry, I'm just thinking about the end and getting soft. There's a bit where they're, like, when they're driving back, where Steve is like, we should get dogs. And Bucky is like, please, we're not even settled. And Steve is like, okay, I can be persuaded down to two. And Bucky's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then in like the epilogue, Natasha comes to visit and they have two Labrador retrievers. Sorry, I really just feel soft about it. It's good. I The ending is so fitting. And I love that like they get this domestic life and it's not even like that nice a domestic life like that part doesn't matter it doesn't matter that they have to work these kind of like blue collar everyday jobs that are obviously like tough and not that rewarding it matters that like they're together and they're themselves and like uh it's good the line toward the end where bucky's showing him the apartment as they get there and he's like you're gonna like this and steve has been told that so many times since he woke up but this is the first mm-hmm. time he really believes it because bucky knows him and he uh, does like it horrible it's so good <laughs> um yeah one thing i want to talk about that we kind of mentioned a little bit is natasha in this fic mm-hmm. but also natasha and peggy in this fic um because i think there's a couple scenes that include both of them that i think are my favorite thing about this fic um And, oh, I just, it's what really got me, because I didn't see it coming. And basically, towards the beginning of this fic, Steve moves from D.C. to New York. But before he leaves, he goes to visit Peggy. Um, And he's sort of telling her what he's going to do. And it's it's a touching scene. Like, I don't really like Steve and Peggy as a ship that much, but I like Peggy as a character, and I like Peggy in this. Um, And... 
like that's a good scene but the even better scene is a few scenes later when Natasha goes to visit Peggy to like gather intel um and Peggy kind of gets Steve and Bucky mixed up a little bit and she's not really sure that like Steve's alive and it's all kind of confusing and Natasha's kind of trying to find like the truth in what she's saying um and Peggy's basically telling her that Bucky is moving to New York, that he's going to stay with Tony, Howard's son. Um, And then she says, I think he's going to try to rescue Steve. She confided, voice dropping to a whisper. But I don't know if he can. Steve's been dead for such a long time now. Um, And then later, Nat is talking to Clint, and she's basically telling him what Peggy said. And and they're both like, yeah, of course, what she actually means is that Steve is going to rescue Bucky. And then scenes later, like half the fic later, Nat has a realization that like, oh fuck, it has been Bucky trying to rescue Steve this whole time. And uh, that moment hits so well. I'm just obsessed with it. Like, I really think that that's one of my favorite things about this fic. Um, Like, I think I said this in my <laughs> AO3 comment. I went to find it earlier because I was like, I thought I left a good comment on this fic. And I did. Um, but just like, I think that scene where Nat and Clint make this assumption about what Peggy meant paints a really quick and clear picture for us as the reader of like what's happening and like how the situation is for someone who's like outside looking in. Um, And I thought it was such a clever way to both set up the story and then the like twist later of Nat realizing that actually Peggy was right and that Nat's interpretation of everything was wrong. It's so good. And I think it just adds also to like the effective Bucky characterization in this fic for me, like him as someone who has taken care of Steve for all these years. And I know fics like to kind of play up the reverse of that with like post Winter Soldier Steve being the one to take care of Bucky. But like, I find it so satisfying when they're on more of an even footing. And I think this fic did that so well. So I really liked the Natasha in this fic, but um, I feel like I spent maybe the first like quarter of this fic adjusting to her. Like, I don't know. It was so interesting to me because um, she felt not necessarily like totally different from who we saw in The Winter Soldier. But in a lot of ways, I was like kind of surprised by the decisions that she was making. And it sort of had me thinking about like different characterizations across ships. Who does like Natasha need to be to Steve in, like, a Steve Tony fic set after uh, The Winter Soldier versus, like, who does she need to be to Steve in a Stucky fic? And, like, obviously that's going to change a lot regardless by, like, author and plot and all that stuff. Um, But, I mean, that was something I was thinking about for all the characters. But her in particular, like, she was working so closely with the government. And, like, obviously she has a lot of, like, skepticism and she's always sort of, like, thinking about herself and her place and, like, what her goals are. But... My interpretation of Natasha, especially immediately post um, Winter Soldier, is like that she's fully on Steve's side and would trust Steve's judgment. And so to see her sort of like actively monitoring him and doing what she thinks is best for him, like it didn't feel out of character, but it surprised me, if that makes any sense. Um, And then to sort of watch her, you know, analyze all the bits and pieces, try to figure out like what's Bucky's goal, like what is Steve doing? And then to realize the bigger picture, obviously way before the government does, and to tell Clint, like, hold on, hold on, we have to switch, we have to switch, like, this is not the way this is going down, was so good, it felt so rewarding. Um, But I don't know, I I just, she really took me by surprise in the beginning, and I 
loved her journey through this fic. And there's also a bit between her and Steve where she goes, you're a terrible judge of character. And he looks at her and goes, no, I'm not. And she looks away. And I was like, that's the good stuff. Like, that's the Steve Nat from Winter Soldier that just, oh, they're so good in that movie. And when like a fic nails the dynamic right, I love it. And I feel like this fic did. It just did it in a way that surprised me and was different than what I'm used to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I have a note like about how Nat is just fucking ruthless in this fic. Um, I think that is fitting to her character in MCU and in Winter Soldier. But I think it often gets softened in fic, um, especially because people like to play up the like Nat and Steve friendship, which I love. Um, But this fic doesn't pull its punches with her being really ingrained in the sort of spy lifestyle and that coming with its sort of like government and military side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it also kind of plays up a bit of Nat's backstory with Winter Soldier, like Bucky, but the Winter Soldier Bucky, um, which different fics kind of play with differently. And um, I think this fic definitely capitalizes on the fact that like Nat would think of the Winter Soldier as a major threat and probably one of the only people who could take Steve out and, like, makes that a big point in its premise. And we know Nat's really good at, like, evaluating situations and it's super clear how she sees the weakness in Steve post the sort of big helicarrier fight that, like, Bucky is gonna be his weakness and if something takes him out, like, it's gonna be this. Um, And I think the way she reacts to it is really interesting. All right, so that's been Four Minute Window by Speranza. Um, My recommendation for Reed. Oh, Reed, I'm so (laughs) glad that you at least mostly enjoyed this fic, even if you have a page of notes about Tony that we didn't discuss at all. Half a page. Half a page, please. Okay, my bad. That's nothing for Reed. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You could could write lots more pages about Tony. (laughs) And I have. I did really like the Steve Tony scene in this fic, even though we didn't really talk about it. Drank. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was this discussion. It's a classic fic that many of you have probably read, but if you haven't, I would highly recommend it. Um, it's very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to get on to our next rec. So my pick this episode, which I picked for Nick, is... The Girls of Summer by I Am the Enemy. It is for Bend It Like Beckham. It is a gen fic uh, featuring Jules and Jess. Um, It's also media fic, I guess. Um, The entire fic is like written as two um, like sports broadcasters having a conversation, commenting on um, a game that they're playing. So that was really fun. Um, Just to sort of go into how I ended up at this fic, when I realized that I was going to be picking for Nick, the absolute first thought I had was no men. Just no men. I love this song. I don't know like <laughs> what the opposite of a Bechdel test is, but it's like <laughs> men can only be present if they further the story for the women. I was like, that is my number one goal. Um, past that, I was like, niche would be great. Um, obviously, Yuletide, a great place to look for Nick. Um, so at first I started looking around in like small book fandoms that we're both in, but I was kind of having a problem that I'm sure you've had that is like, I was like, well, if there was something in here that Nick wanted to bring for the pod, like she probably would have already found it. 
Um, like me looking for like Nina Inej in the Six uh, of Crows tag and finding nothing. If only. Yeah. Um, hey, Ficklets, if you've been thinking about writing Six of Crows, Nina <laughs> slash Inej Fick, you have an audience of at least two. Um, a very enthusiastic audience. Mm-hmm. So I was looking through Yuletide and I ended up in the Mrs. Claus tag, which is like M-I-S-S-E-S, Mrs. Claus tag, um, which is a sort of like subset challenge of Yuletide that is, um, that tries to like draw focus to women. I don't know like all of the parameters like surrounding it, but I just know that it is like more women, please. Um, I was looking in there. I was also looking in, um, a spreadsheet from Context, which is like a sort of fandom convention, they had a spreadsheet that was like uh, fem slash Rex, and there was like a link in there, I think, to a collection that is fem slash, where you don't need to know the canon. So I was in like that collection. <laughs> anyway, I don't really remember exactly where I found this one, but it is a Yuletide fic for Yuletide 2012, but I think written in 2015. Um, it might have been backdated because some of the comments were from 2012. Oh yeah, okay. I just looked it up. It is, it was, I guess like Published backdated. 2016. Yeah. But... Yeah, Maybe so, cross-posted or something? Yeah. But then the comments were from 2012? I don't know. I don't know how things work. Either way, I saw this. I was like, okay, perfect. Nick, loves soccer, mm. has seen this movie. Mm-hmm. This is about women. It's also kind of media fic, which we all love. I saw it and I was like, hell yeah. Uh, this fits a lot of the things I was looking for. So I was very excited about that. Um, I had so much fun reading this. Like, have I seen the movie Bend It Like Beckham? Yes. Oh. Do I remember literally anything about it? No. Um, Also, number of soccer games I've seen in person that are, like, professional or even, like, not one. Number of professional soccer games I've watched on TV. Maybe three at most. So, like, really, I did not know much. And I still really, really enjoyed this. Um, I just, like, thought the format of it was very fun. The way that it felt very real. I don't know anything about soccer. I'm excited for Nick to be, like, yes, this was great. Or, like, here are all the inconsistencies. Um, but to me, I was like, this This feels very much like I could be listening to a broadcast of, like, an actual professional soccer game. And so I thought that vibe was very fun. So I enjoyed it. Uh, would love would love to know how I did. Did you both enjoy <laughs> it, but particularly Nick? Yeah, so Ficklets, one thing that made this episode a little bit different is that because we recommended these fics to each other, like, we we wanted to get mostly organic reactions live on the pod. So, like, I... I still don't 100% know all of Brenna's thoughts about the fic that I gave her. We Our pre-discussion was a little bit different. Um, so I would like to formally confirm that I did have fun and the soccer was accurate and delightful in it. Hell um, yeah. The line about the French women's national team being shackled to a 4-4-2 when they're getting outplayed in the midfield with a 4-3-2-1 was killing me, by the way. Very good. And very true. Why are you playing a 4-4-2? Like, literally in the World Cup. Are you a joke anyway? Sorry. <clears throat> I'm fine. Also, like, 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-2-1 and then 4-5-1 are, like, pretty much the same thing. So I do take some issue with that, like, with it being labeled the way that it was. It could have just been a 4-5-1, but it's fine. Anyway, I really love this fic. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I told them right before we started recording that we had to make room for my soccer corner that everyone is going to love listening to. You just got to taste. Um. <laughs> I'm genuinely having a great time. I'm so glad. Um, I think this style of fic, the entire fic is literally just the dialogue from the announcers. And I think that is so difficult. Because it was so easy to follow. It was so accurate. Like, the little bits. Like, one of the announcers being a former player on the national team. Like, duh. 
um, them talking about like the backstory and then like jumping back in to discuss a play and then ooh like she messed up oh but she made up for her previous like bad touch or whatever by scoring a goal good job Jess like so fun one of the another former women's national team player being a correspondent <laughs> the teams that were going to the finals very very accurate France UK and then Japan and the US on the other side like yep Sounds right to me. Uh, the U.S. probably is going to win this World Cup, to be honest, knowing just the skill of that team. But hey, the U.K. have a couple of fictional players who are very good, so I'll <laughs> give it to them. Um, just so much fun. So, so much fun. I love the little tidbits about, like, one of my favorite things is future fic that fills you in a little bit on, like, what backstory it created for the characters after the canon. And I thought this was done so well. Again, how did it do all of these things in 2K? Like, this fic did everything. It name-dropped Marta. It gave us good soccer stuff. It brought these girls from their canon into the future where they're doing a great job in a way that was realistic. And it gave me all the details I wanted. Incredible. I am the enemy. You actually are my friend. I just want to be really <laughs> clear about that. We are not enemies. Um, but I had a really, really fun time reading this fic. It was, it was a joy. Yeah, I greatly enjoyed this. I love the movie Bend It Like Beckham. Um, I do remember quite a fair amount of the storyline, yeah. too. So this is pretty satisfying. Um, one of my first notes was just like, read, this is such a solid pick because not only did I enjoy it, but it was just nailing what I thought Nick would also enjoy about it. And from what I had known you were looking for in terms of like something niche, something focused on women, like it just hit those so well. Um, I think I'm in between you two in my knowledge of soccer. Um, I definitely know more than Reed. I <laughs> definitely pretty, don't know as much as Nick. Bar, I think. <laughs> yeah, but like, I mean, I can't really say that I actively follow sports much. Um, that's just never been part of my life except for my brief foray into hockey fandom. Um, but like soccer was my favorite sport to play growing up. And like that meant that I did follow it somewhat, but specifically for the U.S. women's national team. Um, so like World Cups, Olympics, stuff like that, I definitely watched pretty regularly. Um, so I feel like I was able to kind of follow along with the sport part of this and like picture that part in my head pretty well, which was satisfying. I think it also like I could tell that the author of this loves the sport, <laughs> which is just something I love the feeling of in fic, especially if I'm not really in the fandom, but I can tell that the person writing it just cares a lot about what they're doing. Um, the formatting of this was so much fun. I don't think I've ever read something quite in this format. I've read some like transcript format fics, but generally they're not people talking live on a broadcast. Um, and the way it was crafted was so good. I kept pulling lines that like I could just hear from sports announcers in my head, um, which was delightful. There's a part where like, it's like, Alan, the stats here tell a story. England has enjoyed 75% possession in the first quarter hour of this game. Kelly, enjoyed is a good word for it. They look like they're having the time of their lives out there. Alan, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? I was like, that's... <laughs> peak sports broadcaster language <laughs> like the writing is on the wall yes absolutely you nailed it um that part was just like so fun to follow along with and I think the format also worked really well for this type of story because this type of story kind of had to info dump on us a bit to like get us caught up with what's been happening in the years between the movie and now but like 
it works because that's exactly what sports broadcasters do to their audience is info dump. <laughs> like if you're watching a sports broadcast, it's going to tell you about the players. It's going to tell you like where they went to school. It's going to tell you all of these things because it knows, especially for a game like this, like a semifinal in a World Cup, it's probably getting lots of audience viewers who like don't normally tune into this sport, don't follow its major players. Um, and so it's sort of teaching us about the world. And I thought that that was such a clever way to fit in a lot of info in a way that felt realistic to like the world that this fic exists in yeah I 100% agree that like um so as I've just said I really don't have experience with soccer but um I do for better or for worse have experience with hockey um and I used to like not infrequently listen to broadcasts of games and it was so easy for me to map that sort of like tone and back and forth to this fic like even though I wasn't as familiar with this sport, like you said, Brenna, it was so vivid, like the way that they were speaking and like just sort of the dynamic of like how how this transcript would be out loud. I do also just want to say, not really relevant to the fic, but my, my very limited soccer knowledge mm -hmm. is entirely because I have so many lesbian friends who care about soccer and we sat down mm. and watched a bunch of like U.S. Women's National Team games and I was like, Good. Kelly O'Hara, I'll follow you on Instagram <laughs> and I have for so many years. Um, listen, I loved the games I watched. I just, was it about the sport? O only a yes. little. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. And also because I'm gay. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think that's valid. Yeah. Well, I think one really fun thing about it was that like, so often broadcasts like this and and with soccer specifically soccer is significantly slower than hockey because they're not on ice um, <laughs> and you have to like run <laughs> yeah yeah um so during broadcasts there is often and especially if england's just futzing around in the midfield you know passing the ball back and forth having fun um, there's not like a whole lot to commentate on and that is where a lot of this comes in and where a lot of the narrative building comes in and especially in a semi-final world cup game it is all about the narrative it's about the story of these teams and where they come from and their key players and I really loved the inversion of the narrative being the thing that comes first here and the sport being the thing that is built around it like that made me so happy I also really enjoyed like that they they were rooted in the real world in the sense that like listen it took me a lot of players to get there but I saw the name like Abby Wambach and mm. I was like wait there's only one set of real players okay the players that are on the teams mm -hmm. are all OCs okay okay the mentions of Marta of Abby Wambach of Christine Sinclair they're all incredibly iconic players well I saw Abby's <laughs> name and I was like hold on I know this one so then I yeah. started googling some of the names in that string and I just like really enjoyed that that was also brought into this fic that yeah. like not only did it show you, like, what Jess and Jules have been doing in the time since, but it, like, yeah, it just made them feel like mm -hmm. genuine, real professional soccer players, and I loved that. Um, this fic made me desperately sad that we did not get the Tokyo Olympics this summer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because as much as I don't follow pro sports... I am a huge fan of the Olympics. I fucking love the Olympics. Like, they are my favorite thing to watch on TV. And one of my favorite things about watching something like that is getting super invested in, like, uh, athletes or a team that you did not know, like, three days prior and now would die for. <laughs> and I can just see that narrative being built in this. Like, learning about the characters in this way. I feel like if I was watching this game on TV and I didn't know Jess or Jules or like the rest of the England team, I would still be really invested in their story and I would love like getting to learn about them. 
And like, to be honest, I probably would not be rooting for them because I would be rooting for the US women's. But, but you know, at least I would have a fun time watching them. And like, oh, it just made me sad. I want to watch women's soccer. <laughs> yeah, mood. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, there is something about like, for me, it was always the Women's World Cup growing up. Like I, I played soccer for 14 years as as a wee lass. Um, and like I had coaches who had mentored players from the national team, like one of them came and like trained with us one time. And it was like the coolest thing ever. She wasn't like a super famous one, but it was still really cool. That's awesome. It was cool. Um, and so it was really fun to kind of get to inhabit that for a little bit longer, even though it was fake, because I feel like it's been so long, but like, I really loved that. And I really loved how accurate, like, the, the the descriptions of the big moments were. Like, the biggest and most beautiful play in that whole fic was not any of the goals. It was the pass right before Jess's first goal that, like, inch perfect. Like, that I can visualize. That's you not an apple in my head. You so well. <laughs> yes. That makes perfect sense to me. Like, the the failed attempt straight into the breakaway of her one-on-one with the keeper and there's so much space and she just places it in the upper corner like come on those are the moments you know and it was really fun to like get to come back to that however briefly like I so felt like I was a fan watching or listening more specifically to that I would be watching but if I had to listen um (laughs) to this game like I kept expecting there to be almost like an apodific component to it because I could just hear it yeah absolutely I love some of like Reed you mentioned the name drops of some of the like iconic women's players I love one of the things that they insert in here which is that like there was this viral Nike advertisement that had both of them um there was like this is football and like people at the game had like signs and stuff because that felt so real world world building like I could see that Nike advert playing in my head like okay I know I've already said I'm like the most visual person (laughs) out of the three of us but like I've seen enough Nike Nike sports advertisements that I was like, yeah, and they'd have them like in the little town that they grew up in, like on the streets, but like in Nike gear, like decked out playing a pickup game, like when Jules and Jess first met. (laughs) Anyway, I just had a lot of fun. Um, I just realized, do one of the two of you maybe want to talk about the movie Bend It Like Beckham? Because I gave (laughs) no context to our listeners because uh, once again, I don't remember the movie. Uh, Wow, brutal. my, My bad. Sorry. It's okay. Bend It Like Beckham, everyone, is a film that is art. It's about soccer. It's from, I think, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess is our main character. Uh, Jules is our kind of other lead. But mostly it's about Jess, who wants to play soccer, f- football to her, really. Um, but her family's like, no, you shouldn't. Um, and she's like, no, but I want to. And she's recruited by Jules at a pickup game that she's playing in the neighborhood. And then she joins a team and they do really well, but she has to like go between her family and her love for the sport and like all this stuff. Uh, That's great. Um, and then she has a beautiful moment most of the way through the movie where she bends it like Beckham. If you're not familiar, David Beckham, very famous soccer <laughs> player, his big move was always to, he kicked free kicks, he, he would bend it around the wall. It's like when you do a free kick, people stand in a wall to try and block the ball, but they couldn't because he would bend it around them and into the goal. So she does that. She bends it like Beckham. It's beautiful. Anyway, at the end, they both get like scholarships or whatever, because they did a good job in the final game. One other thing I wanted to mention about the movie is that like, Pretty importantly, Jess is Indian um, and ah, Jules yes. is white. Like, I just think that's an important component to, like, their friendship in the movie and, like, how we understand their different family dynamics and, like, the things keeping Jess from 
playing. There's also things kind of keeping Jules from playing. Her mom, like, really wants her to be this, like, you know, like, pretty socialite girl. Yeah. And very clearly to the viewers, you're like, you're a lesbian. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> you know, I think if you imprinted on Bennett, like, Beckham as a young teen, that says something about you. But I won't... Maybe just about me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's up to you to figure out. Bend it like yeah. Beckham watchers. <laughs> Good luck out there. I will say a startling amount of the girls who I played soccer with um, are n- n- now not straight. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was also just going to say, like, off of the movie, if I'm remembering correctly, there is, like, I think at the very end, a, a, a David Beckham cameo. Uh-huh. Like, he is in it. He's in it. And I really loved it in this fic. So they talk oh, about yes. the fact that, like, Jess and Jules have a foundation together um, to, like, help get, like, young women into <laughs> soccer. And there's a bit um, where, like, Kelly is talking about the foundation and then Alan, who's the other announcer, goes, this summer, I believe, they even had David Beckham as a surprise guest. So, like, I just really loved that little that yeah. little shout out. Yeah, I just wanted to talk like a little bit more about why a 442 is one of the worst formations you can be playing at literally like the national team semifinals World Cup level. I don't really like even understand that choice. <laughs> Me neither. Well, it makes sense because <laughs> France needed to lose, but like whatever. I like I get it. But like if you're playing with four in the middle, like what are you doing? Two up top sort of makes sense, right? You can play like a 352 or something if you're really feeling it but you don't really need that many people up top, to be honest, because if you're playing well, your wingers are going to be able to get up there anyway. So you don't need four forwards if you're playing with two on top and four in the middle. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're going to get run around in the midfield. Okay, so the four in the back makes sense, right? You've got like your left and right backs and then your two center backs. That's like really normal for people to play. A three in the back like is possible, but it opens you up to more offensive attacks. Four in the back, standard. Four in the middle? You have your two midfielders who are their center mids and either they're playing side to side, which literally makes no sense because their, their movement is impeded for both of them, or they're playing one on top of the other, which still makes no sense because then each of them is going to be outnumbered by the two that are going to be moving up and back. If you're playing against either a four, two, three, one, four, three, two, one, or a four, five, one. Anyway, like no wonder France loses. I'm surprised they even scored in this game, to be honest. Did they score in this game? Yeah, they scored once. Oh, okay. Oh, did they actually, maybe it was three zero. No, I, hold on. Let me see. I thought they scored. I can't remember. Sorry, everyone. I was too busy being incensed over this coach's choice. Yeah, final score is England 3, France 0. Wow, yeah, never mind. They didn't score at all. Never mind. Called it. No wonder. Listeners, I want you to know that the entire time that Nick was doing that, which I I deeply enjoy, love listening to people talk about things (laughs) that they know, I really felt like that, the the math meme woman, Mm. like, I am here trying to figure out how many players are normally on a field at any given time. 11, but one of them is the goalie. Okay. The goalie doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> the goalie stays in the goal. Yeah, I would hope. I well, know, usually. Reed, that you understand the sport of hockey very well. And one uh-huh. of the reasons I could understand how hockey worked is because I understood how soccer worked. Yeah. And, like, they're not the same, but people do play positions with similar, like, goals to them. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I know how baseball works. Like, now I'll try yeah, to understand yeah, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think with that knowledge... Of like, okay, I understand the role of like a defenseman. I understand the role of like a forward. You could get there. Hockey is like fast, dangerous, small, cold soccer. Yeah. (laughs) Does that help? And like the players take up a lot more room on the ice than like the players in soccer take up on the field. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's more field. The Mm -hmm. ice is smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Even if there's more soccer players, they have more room to you know the relative size of like a soccer field versus, you said you like, played, watched like one game so i'm just filling you in yeah 
Can I just also say, while we're on this train sort of of Nick uh-huh. and your, your experience with soccer. Sure. Just, so it's in the past. game. Uh-huh. In the past, like, eight-ish months of living with you. Yes. I have discovered something just baffling. Because you played soccer About for me? 14 years. Yeah, but you oh. were a goalie. Uh-huh. And goalies catch things. <laughs> the look on Nick's face. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Ficklets, Nick's instinct, if you like, and not even throw something aggressively, like if I'm just sort of like, here is an item, catch. Nick's instinct is to let it hit her. And when I'm like, why? It just like bounces off of me a lot of the time. And you always say, like, your justification is like, well, as a goalie, like, if you let it hit you, then it's not in the goal. But, yeah. like, you catch the ball. Well, it's and you're not I throwing a soccer ball at me. No, but, like, I'll be, like, gently lobbing, like, a TV remote at you, and you just let it bounce off your arm and then look at it sadly. Well, no, because it's easier to gather if it's, like, lost momentum and it's on the ground. Yeah, but or, I... like, on my lap or, like, on the couch. I, I can't explain this completely, to be honest. <laughs> One time, okay, this is like my my old job when I was like mentoring college students in some capacity. Um, We went on a retreat and they were throwing a frisbee and the frisbee was coming at me and multiple people dodged out of the way and I just watched it hit my chest. (laughs) And these new students who had been college students for like two weeks were like, are you okay? (laughs) I was fine. I mean, in your defense... If you had played any position other than goalie, you wouldn't be able to use your hands. So letting exactly. it hit your chest is the right move. Amen. But Nick <laughs> played but I goalie, goalie for 14 years. <laughs> I was not a goalie for all 14 years. It was only like eight. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. When you're small, like, you kind of rotate in and out of that position, to be honest. Fair enough. Also, everyone thought that I was going to be really bad at it because I'm easily scared. <laughs> but then I was good at it. <laughs> I was bad at it because I am easily scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked... When I stopped it and people cheered. I really mm. liked that. And I was better at that than I was at, like, scoring. So those are really my only chances at, you know, being praised. Oh. I do also <laughs> love your, like, stories of being very petty as oh, a goalie yeah. and, like, picking fights with people. That yeah. I enjoy a lot. Yeah, I was meaner <laughs> on the field than I ever was elsewhere. I got red carded one time. Just straight red carded. As a goalie, which I'm going to be honest, is hard to do. <laughs> What did you do? I just took out a girl's legs. The ball wasn't even near us. Nick! Worth it. Okay. I respect that. Thank you. Hey, she was going to score otherwise. I literally just tackled into her legs. She was fine. Everyone, she was fine. (laughs) The ref came over and was like, are you kidding me? And I was like, I have no defense. (laughs) I know what I did. Everyone saw it. Anyway, I really liked this victory. (laughs) I'm so glad. It really brought me back. Like, I miss sports. I miss playing sports. I haven't gotten to play an organized sport in many years now. And, like, it was good. I miss it, too. Like, I sometimes I'm like, wow, maybe I should, like, join some kind of rec league for something. I'm terribly out of shape, but Mm -hmm. it would be nice to, like, do something. Yeah, I feel that. It's funny because I played sports my entire life up until college. And in no way do I consider myself even remotely close to, like, a jock or even an athlete. I I got varsity my senior year. Okay. And I still (laughs) barely remember that, like, sports have been a part of my life for so long. Not like I barely remember. I mean, I I rotated through so many. Like, I didn't really have, like, a big one. And then in high school, I was on track and field for four years. I pole vaulted, which was very fun. But, like... Hate that. I was never gonna... That was never gonna be, like, a career of mine. So I had fun with it, but, like... I don't know. I, no, I never I was, felt like sports is part of my identity. 
Mm. I played a I played like every sport known to man at least one year of my childhood, I Mood. think. Except for sports on ice because I grew up in California, so those were really expensive. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> I wanted to do figure skating, but mm. no. I took some ice skating lessons, but I was not that good at it and then I forgot very quickly. Yeah, but um I would I was a nerd. I was not a jock. I did journalism. Um and diving, I don't. Mm. Yeah, that was a dark time. <laughs> I like constantly forget that about you. I can't. Okay, so one last thing about this fic that I wanted to mention is that it uh, brings up Xavi and Andres from Barcelona, who are these like lifelong soccer partners. Um, and that was so funny to me because I was looking in the comments, um, and the commenter was like oh my god i love this so much like haha i can't believe you brought them in and the author was like well i kind of stalked your tumblr uh and found that you like really like this team so i thought i I just had to bring them in like it's just so funny i like gasped when i saw their names and i was like ah i was i was never uh i guess football rpf is technically the the term i I was i was never involved in that but i have friends who were and it's very very funny to (laughs) see the fringes of it coming into this bend it like a beckham fic I have read some football RPF, but the thing is, I didn't, like, know who I was reading Because <laughs> I know, like, no men. That's I don't hilarious. know any of them. I mean, valid. I, I don't know the ones that are popular in the RPF. For the I think part. I was just, like, in people's, like, works from other fandoms. I was like, oh, you wrote this thing. Like, I'll give it a go. Good fic. <laughs> don't know who it's about. A classic fic and fandom experience, I think. Wow, I am so glad that both of you enjoyed this fic so much. Um, I had a really great time while I was reading it, despite my large gap in knowledge. Um, So I'm glad that it uh, hit even stronger when you do have all of those thoughts and feelings and 14 years worth of soccer um, Mm. to talk about. Um, I thought it was so clever with its formatting, like with the broadcast. It felt so vivid and grounded. Um, And yeah, I mean, who doesn't love like lesbians playing soccer it's just it's just good it's just the good stuff uh so thank you to i am the enemy for writing just the perfect fic for me to wreck to my co-host and also a very good fic in general so the fic i recommended for Brenna is called famous last words by ms terwithiel It is hosted on fanfiction.net, and it was posted between July and October of the year 2008. Uh, It is a Twilight fic, rated M, uh, in English, Romance and Angst, and it's Edward slash Jacob, around 37,000 words. Um, So those are the important things you need to know. There aren't tags as such, because this is fanfiction.net, baby, we don't need them. For those who don't know, um, somehow. Twilight is a <laughs> book series, and it was also made into movies, uh, that falls under the category of paranormal romance. It's centered around Bella Swan, a human with tasty blood, like weirdly, weirdly good smelling blood, and Edward, the vampire who becomes obsessed with her. Jacob is also there, one of the most iconic love triangles in history. Jacob is a werewolf. Hot. Um... <laughs> So that's, there's, there's your base. Um, the, this fic is canon divergent from, well, hmm, after Eclipse for sure, but like, 
A little bit of Breaking Dawn. A little Dawn. bit of Breaking Dawn. Not all of Breaking Dawn. There, no. there is no Renesmee here, folks. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, Bella is turned into a vampire and essentially becomes evil. Uh, that's not really explained that much. It's a bit hand-waved. Um, and on that note, I'm going to share some of the content warnings in this fic. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, is is she fridged? A little bit. Her She's emotionally and personality-wise definitely fridged for the Edward and Jacob relationship. There is a lot of misogyny in this fic. Um, a lot of... Uh, I hesitate to say canon-typical misogyny, but, like, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There is a lot of suicide ideation, so I do want to note that for folks, if that's a touchy subject. This fic really lingers on it quite a lot, so just FYI. Um, There's some homophobia and, like, referenced homophobia. The F-slur is used at one point. There's a fair amount of body horror. Um... Edward thinks a lot about being a vampire and having a defunct body, and it's pretty gross. Also, some graphic violence that does lead into a little bit of body horror. Someone's basically torn apart and dismembered. Um, yay! <laughs> Casual! <laughs> yeah, um, there is minor or major character death in one case, depending on how you look at this character, I guess. And then there could be some implied MCD at the end as well. We'll probably talk that through. Uh, not all your hosts saw it in the same way, but, you know. I, mean, I think it is implied. I just don't think yeah, it's for sure. gu- guaranteed, guaranteed. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Unclear yeah. major character death. We have yeah. different percentages of how certain we are that MCD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is definitely at least... None of them are zero death. and none of them are a hundred. No. <laughs> if that helps. But there's definitely minor character death at the least for one character. Yes. Um, yeah, so those are the big content warnings. Again, like this fic was written in 2008 and it shows in some ways. Um, and the source material that it comes from, it doesn't like improve on a lot of the, the um, you know, misogyny and some racism and issues there that already exist um so just fyi um the premise is that edward and jacob have to get together and stop bella from going on a killing rampage across the u.s in edward's name yikes um pretty bad um bella basically snapped when she turned and now she is an evil vampire who is ripping out the um organs ripping off the faces (sighs) um of girls that she thinks are prettier than her yeah (laughs) and i thought brenna would love this (laughs) okay well let me let me explain a little bit more um the process of finding this fic was interesting i knew from the second we came up with this and that i knew i was gonna have brenna that i wanted a twilight fic did i look in any other fandom no i was determined (laughs) um i found fics hosted on gosh what was the website called it was like I don't, I don't want to butcher it. It was some kind of ridiculous vampire pun, like .archive.com or whatever. That was like a thick archive. I didn't even know how long some of these... One of them I found, it was like, oh shoot, this is 70k. I didn't know because there's no word count anywhere. Is that the one that you tried to copy and paste into a Google yes. Doc and it crashed your computer? Into a Word Doc. Sorry. <laughs> it did crash my computer. <laughs> that is true. Because you were trying to check strong. word count. Yeah, that one was too strong. Um, I found I found the most success with rec lists. I ended up searching Twilight fic recs because the Twilight fics on AO3 weren't working for me <laughs> for various. I don't want to say anything mean. They weren't they weren't what I was looking for. Um, 
Also, like, the highest kudos ones were, like, over 200,000 words. Like, there was no way I was going to be like, here you go, Brenna. <laughs> some of them looked interesting, but I was like, I can't do them for the pod. Um, and then some of the pairings, I was just like, I don't know what's happening, or I don't even remember who these people are from uh, Twilight. You know? Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Uh, also, like, a weird amount of Bella Carlisle. Oh, I don't know. Listen, y'all, the Twilight fandom is doing its thing. I have not been privy to a lot of that in many years. Uh, I read Twilight in like middle school. So yeah. Um, So I had at one point 11 tabs open of Twilight fic, mostly on fanfiction.net, but not only some were on like very specific Twilight archive fan sites. I had the Twilight wiki open in one page, (laughs) trying to remember who various characters were. Um, and in the end, I thought Jacob Edward was a good bet. I thought Brenna would like it. It has good enemies to lovers vibes. Um, and also, like, they were probably going to be kind of in a fucked up relationship. And I thought Brenna would be into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, the wow. <laughs> I was right. Um, yeah. So that was kind of how I landed on this one. It wasn't, like, cutesy. It also wasn't as dark as some of the ones that I saw. It was, like, this fic deals with, like, the horrible pain that Bella went through in her transformation from her POV and it's disgusting and I was like no 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 <laughs> no, no no whoa 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 <laughs> I don't need to go there um yeah it is interesting to see like what fake exists and what fandom did versus like what I think fandom would do with Twilight now if if fandom would do much with Twilight now I honestly don't know <laughs> um but yeah that was that was my process um it was very specific it was very deliberate uh, and I was very excited to be able to give this fic to Brenna, so I would love to hear my co-host's thoughts on it as well. Nick, can I ask one question before I get into my thought? Yeah, please. Why Twilight? Okay, so I have been wanting to bring a Twilight fic for a long time, <laughs> but also like... Okay, here's the difficult thing. I feel like you're very good at going into a fandom that you're in and finding the fic that you really enjoy. Like, I feel like you just have a process and you're good at it. So I was nervous that I was going to give you something you'd already read. (laughs) Like, if I found... Because we're not in a lot of the same fandoms right now. Um, And so I was like, if I try and find something Brenna's into currently, there's no way I'm going to do a better Brenna search parameter than Brenna already has. So I was like, what can I do that's out of left field that I know Brenna has consumed the source material of and that might bring her some modicum of joy to discuss on the pod? (laughs) That was how I landed on Twilight. Okay, okay, that's super fair. I was just like, I'm so curious about that aspect because, (laughs) yes, I did consume the source material when I was in, like, middle school. Mm -hmm. I've seen all the movies. I did have a Twilight t-shirt. But this is the first Twilight fanfiction I've ever read. I have never read Twilight fic before that, so... An outtake somewhere, I believe, of Brenna saying, I want to bring Twilight Fic to the pod. Yeah, I I think it was Brenna saying she wants me to bring Twilight Fic to the pod, actually. Well, both of those things delivered. I've done it. I have been really curious because I like Twilight is one of those things where it's like it's such a huge fandom, and I really never engaged with the fandom part of it, just with like the sort of more like widespread Mm -hmm. aspects of it. Um, The actual like. Oh mm -hmm. boy. The Twi Moms. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I didn't engage with them per oh, se okay. um, but you know more just like I, I consumed the source material I was aware that half of my local hot topic in middle school was Twilight merch things like that mm-hmm. um, yeah this fic was a fucking wild ride <laughs> I genuinely did really enjoy it it 
very much does feel like it was written in 2008, um, which is not, by the way, like a criticism of mm-hmm. this author because everything that they did makes sense for what they were writing. Like, I just want to make that clear before I say anything else or like anything that stuck out as weird to me. Like, it's not on the author. It's on like the source material and the year they were writing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it was really fun. I do feel called out that you were like, oh, Brenna will like that they have a fucked up relationship. <laughs> I just want to say, I like healthy relationships. Yeah. I just also like things that are kind of dark and angsty sometimes. There is literally, um, our, our friend of the pod, Cassie, has made a thick, like, like, bingo card, and <laughs> one of the squares is us saying, like, I like it when they're mean, or, like, I like uh-huh. it when they're not nice yeah. to each other. Yeah. And who is the but biggest like perpetrator like, of that? Brenna. I like it when it's, like, <laughs> mutual, which it was in this thing. I just yeah, want to make yeah, it clear yeah. that I don't like it where it's, like, that's abusive. Like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, We're yeah, not yeah, about yeah. that. Like extreme jealousy and, like, weird. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, like, uh, that, okay. that sort of, like, enemies to love. Like, a, a bit of a bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like good. a bit of a bite, definitely. Um, this had that. I found the character dynamic between... Uh, Edward and Jacob so fun and funny like they're both not having a good time through most of this fic but something about that was really humorous to me like I am I do feel bad that like Edward was like low-key suicidal through a lot of this and I was also laughing at him but like (laughs) it's like dude you can't like be sitting in this diner like singing what what song is it um I've got soul but I'm not a soldier (laughs) that was on the car don't fear the reaper at one point (laughs) you can't expect me to not laugh at these moments because they are funny him straight face singing along to the radio was one of my favorite things like recurring things about this fic I also want to say, I know that, that that lyric is not the title of the song. It is the lyric that he was singing mm-hmm. just before the, like, the killer's yeah. stands come for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, all those killer stands that listen to our podcast. We might have some. I will say, I do not clearly remember a lot of Twilight canon. So I was glad that I didn't need to know super specifics for this. Um, also, I just don't feel that familiar with, like, Edward or Jacob's canon characterization at this point in my life. <laughs> So in my head, they they were them, but they were also kind of OCs, which I think made this a f- more fun ride for me. Um, I liked them as, like, a pairing. Like, they they weren't, like, good for each other, but they also, like, were kind of the best option there was in a lot of ways, which I think kind of worked. Like, Edward is just in such a fucked up headspace for, like, most of this fic. And, like, honestly, Jacob is, like, too nice for him and shouldn't be engaging in this. Um... But there he is, because he's also been kind of fucked over by life recently. Um, I like them. I think I like Jacob more in this fic than I ever liked Jacob in the books. Yeah. Um, So that was a really fun experience. (laughs) I don't know. They're just very different as people. And I like when an author tries to convince me that two people who seem like they shouldn't work, like, work. I won't say I was, like, 100% convinced. I don't think I'll be going out to look for, like, more Jacob <laughs> Like, I'm not like, uh, this is the ship of Twilight. <laughs> but I liked it in this fic. Um, also, like, I just think it's really funny that there's, like, this kind of, like, beefy, jacked-up werewolf boy. And then, like, this, like, frail Victorian waif. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why this is all so funny to me, but I just, like, had a really good time with it. I think 
Also, like, there are some things I just forgot how funny they are to be, like, in Twilight canon <laughs> that really jumped out. Like, they get in Edward's Volvo. And I was, like, yes. <laughs> laughing about his fucking Volvo. And then they put on, like, Don't Fear the Reaper. And then that gave me, like, big Supernatural vibes. And then I was imagining the characters of Supernatural driving a Volvo <laughs> instead. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, it was just really funny to me as a person right now in November 2020. <laughs> yeah. December. It's December, um, actually. Sorry, it's December now, Jesus. but you know, whatever. Time. Time is fake. Um, no, but I had a good time with this. The ending is kind of brutal, um, but I think it was good that I wasn't too emotionally invested in these characters because I could kind of watch their demises without really being like, oh God, I'm heartbroken. Um, I was I was sad, but like I wasn't like devastated. Um, and I think for all that I like had a lot of laughs at this fic, there were also a few moments where I was like, damn, that's like pretty real <laughs> for this like 2008 Twilight fanfic that I definitely want to get into. Um, Alice is the MVP. I understand why she was my favorite character at like 13. She remains my char- favorite character at 25. So hell yeah. Yeah, I think Brenna probably summed it up best in saying this was a wild ride of a fic. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I did have the weird experience as I was reading of like, suddenly remembering things about Twilight. Like, I have not engaged with Twilight probably, I think, since the last movie came out. It has been way longer yeah. since I've read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, did you go- see it in theaters? Yeah, oh, please. Oh, hell yeah. oh okay, please, good. of course I did. Are you kidding? When Brenna said the Hot Topic merch, like, there are photos of me somewhere, probably still on Facebook, of my friend from high school organizing, like, a, a new moon, like, midnight release, all of us in, like, oh, God Hot Topic shirts. Like, <laughs> and you know, like, like, when, like, the book jacket cover, like, it's changed because the movie, it was, like, one yeah, of those yeah, where, yeah. like, my shirt was, like, the actor's faces, it says <laughs> me moon. I probably still have it somewhere in my, like, childhood closet. I'll see if I can send a picture okay, okay. whenever I go home. But anyway, <laughs> that being said, I've not engaged with Twilight in quite a while. Certainly haven't read the text in a while. Um, but, like, from my, like, recollection of it, the Jacob in this fic he felt spot on. There were bits where I was like audibly laughing because as Brenda said, it's really funny, but also because it felt like a line I could hear in the movie. Like there's a bit like right before they start to like make out where (laughs) Jacob goes, why do you wear such fucking preppy clothes, man? And I like was like audibly losing it. Taylor Lautner. (laughs) Meanwhile, like Edward was beyond just like his like very sad suicide ideation. He was in general, just like the mopey Edward that I sort of remember him from the books. Although I think with like more emotions, Mm. Did Edward ever, like, emote that much? Certainly not in the movies. Passionate love. What's his only setting? (laughs) Climb on spider monkey. (laughs) Was it climb a board? I don't know. I don't know. Then you just unearthed something in me. (laughs) Okay, well, this was my experience reading was, like, my brain having, like, flashbacks. Like, Alice was talking about, uh, like, like, she calls Edward a lot, which... Absolutely correct. Alice is the MVP of this fic. Mm -hmm. There's a bit where, like, Edward just keeps, like, calling her and he's, like... being useless and I was like give Alice a break like she's doing so much work anyway there's a bit where she talks about like not being able to like see visions because um he's with Jacob and I was like oh that's right like she can't see the werewolves that's why Mm -hmm. she thinks Bella dies because Bella like jumps off a cliff but it's cliff diving for fun with the werewolves anyway this is not relevant to the fic I think one of the wildest parts of this fic to me was that um I don't think we've mentioned at all this or or we haven't really explicitly said this fic if it were on AO3 100% would have to tag road trip because oh, yeah. um, yes. they're basically, like, tracking Bella. They're trying to, like, get her. Mm-hmm. And she's 
going on her murder rampage. Yeah, they fuck um, up the Volvo. Oh, they really fuck up the Volvo. But like, they literally- <laughs> To the Volvo. They make like an entire loop around the United States, basically. Mm-hmm. But like, there are bits where like, I don't know, they were like driving down the East Coast and it mentions them like stopping for tourist stops along the way in Virginia. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Like, I get that you're trying to build up the like Jacob Edward, but like- Bella's very much out there murdering people. Like, this is where they go to the Grand Canyon, and Edward's like, please, we have to get to Phoenix to protect, yeah. like, Bella's mom, like, yeah. and make sure she's not murdered. And Jacob is like, but what if we didn't? And what then they if, go what and if like, we had fun. And Edward's like, I'm a vampire, I'll sparkle. <laughs> and Jacob's like, who cares? It's just like the road trip of this was so funny to me, in that, like, it hit, I think, many things you'd expect in a more fluffy road trip fic yes. where they stop and see the sights mm-hmm. and there's are o- tourists. There's only one bed at the motel. Ooh, yeah. I was like, shouldn't we have other priorities? But, yeah. like, I was really enjoying it. It was just, like, kind of whack. The one bed part, though, isn't it, like, that it's not even the thing they only had one bed, just one day Jacob asks for only one bed? <laughs> I think the first time there's only one bed, and then the next okay, time okay. Jacob is, like, a single, and they're just, like, not looking at each other, and it's, like, really awkward. <laughs> and Jacob's like, it costs less, and Edward's like, it doesn't. It does not. <laughs> also, like, there's a point later in the fic where there's, like, a, a reminder that werewolves smell, like, putrid to vampires. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I thought that the way it was done was, like, kind of really beautiful actually of like Edward being like so upset and Jacob like comforting him and Edward like at a certain point just almost like leaning into it but I was like I had forgotten about this until (laughs) this point it's like when they were sharing a bed like how did that go I mean I think we kind of get it implied that like Edward just kind of likes it now (laughs) yeah I think so and also that Edward probably stinks to other vampires (laughs) like I was thinking about that a lot when he got home I was like like, there's this bit where I was like, oh, no one else except, like, Alice and Emmett have figured out that, like, they're hooking up. And I'm like, doesn't he smell like werewolf to, like, everyone else? They also, like, go back to the Cullen's house and they fuck in the house. And I was like, hello, everyone in this house has super hearing. Like, everyone just heard you fuck. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. What are you going to do? <sighs> their, their passion cannot be denied. At a certain point, love is just love, you know? <laughs> One of the things I did genuinely really enjoy about this fic is, like, uh, how Edward can, like, overhear Jacob's thoughts and, like, how that's how we kind of get to see Jacob's, like, perception and feelings towards Edward change. It was a little insta-lovey, but again, this is Twilight fanfiction written in 2008, so it's not a criticism, it's just a a fact. Less (laughs) insta-lovey than the books were. Yeah, exactly. Like, you definitely improved upon that. Um, I just thought it was funny how it's like, he's like, I hate you so much. And then like, a few scenes later, he's like, well, I don't know. Like, you're kind of hot. <laughs> God, I did have a note that I was like, to myself, where I was like, if I, I like you, Bren, like, I did not read any Twilight fan fiction. This was mm-hmm. my first one. But I was like, if I had read this in 2008 when it came out, I'm sure I would have gone, like, wild for it. Like I would a, have been obsessed yes. with this fic. Like, there's, like a, there's a line that's like, um, and so through the night and the rain, they go on. And I was like, are you kidding? I, how old was I in 2008? I don't want to do the math. Whatever it was, teen me would have eaten that shit up. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, there were still parts that, like, 25-year-old me really liked. Yeah. Like, I... Even a bunch of the parts I was, like, laughing at, I still really enjoyed, like, Jacob, or, like, like Edward's 
reading of Jacob's thoughts. Like, that was effective. I really enjoyed it. I'm always a sucker for, like, any kind of psychic link or, like, mind reading of, of that sort, like, where you're kind of getting an insight into the other person's emotions in that way. Um, and, like, there was a line, I think, towards the end where it's, like, in his mind, the shadow of himself nods and Edward tries to deny the realization that he's not really heartbroken over Bella. He's heartbroken over what he has become and how he has destroyed them both. And I just wrote, what the fuck? Why is this good? <laughs> it goes so Like, why hard. am I genuinely emotionally invested in Edward's arc right now? Yeah. Oh, and another good thing about it is that Jacob is used to having his mind kind of be read by the pack. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, Edward, who's so used to this... Okay, so in the books... He's like, oh, like, I am so invasive. I read everyone's mind. Oh, I can't hear this girl's thoughts. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I really liked that in this fic, it sort of took that idea that, like, he he doesn't see his power as, like, a good thing necessarily. And, like, he doesn't ever really find, like, joy or happiness in it. But, like, to Jacob, it's not a bad thing and it's not an invasion because he's been used to it for so long. He's annoyed that Edward doesn't do it more. <laughs> and, I, like, that was so good and it was so, like... Wow. Twilight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like a twihard again. Oh boy. I always love seeing author's notes on fix, especially like in a multi-chapter, because I feel like sometimes you'll get the author who's like, okay, I think the next chapter is the last one, and there's like five more, and you're like, oh, <laughs> something happened here. And like, you get such an interesting glimpse into like the author's personality, and this fic had one of my favorite author's notes at the end of a chapter that I think I've ever seen in my life. The joy that it brought me. So at the end of, okay, so during chapter four, they like hook up and it's it's kind of a fade to black and then it like comes back in afterwards, which like, we've, we've all done it. I've done it. Yeah. Uh, brings me back. A very, a very normal fic thing to do. It is. Yeah. Um, and the author's end note um, said, just a small note regarding the sex. I wrote as far as I was comfortable. Being female means I have no firsthand experience with gay werewolf vampire sex. So there's that. <laughs> it goes on to say more. But that part in particular, I was like, you know what? I also don't have experience with gay werewolf vampire sex. <laughs> so like, understandable. I, I'm sorry. I have to read more of this note to you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Continue. continue. It's so good. Um, okay. So, so a little bit later it goes... They did have sex, though, in case that confused anyone. If anything, it was missionary position, where they gazed lovingly into each other's eyes. And I'm not reading the rest of it, but then I will say, Edward was the bottom. True facts, where <laughs> facts is spelled with a Z at the end. It's like they wrote a little mini fic of their own fic that they weren't willing to write into the fic, but it get a little one in the end notes. <laughs> Mr. Whitefiel, thank you so much for the unparalleled joy that I felt reading this author's note. I will agree. I think it is one of the best sort of like end chapter notes I've ever read. It is so funny, but it's also written in this just really casual tone. Yeah. <laughs> where like you just get off this this scene where like they've kind of had this like angsty first time where yeah. like Jacob is really into Edward and Edward doesn't really want to like admit that he's pretty into Jacob and blah blah blah. And then just to be like Edward was the bottom period. <laughs> True facts. It's a fucking iconic. God, yeah, because this fic is so, like, it is written very formally, and, like, yeah. a lot of the prose is very figurative, and the language is very, like, deliberate, there's a lot of description, and, like, the vibe of it is so kind of, like, dreary. Like, it almost felt like even yeah. the scenes where it wasn't raining, like, it could have been raining a little bit. It's really melancholy, but it yeah. also clearly does rain a lot because they break their windshield wipers on the Volvo twice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Okay, Ficklets, I'm about to hopefully take you on a journey. Um, something that you, you may have picked up in the time of listening to this podcast is that I am someone who, when I come across something that I don't know, especially in a fic, like if it's, if it's small enough that I think I can just research and find out the answer, I will do that. Um, this podcast has made me a little bit better about sort of just like going with the flow, but eh, quite frequently I'm like, ooh, does like, does this relate to canon or like what's going on here? I was maybe halfway, if that, into chapter one of the seven chapter fic. And I came across a detail that I was like, this will be very easy to answer. And it led me on, like, I wish I could explain to you the, like, fervor I felt. Like, I, I felt like I was uncovering something that I, like, wasn't meant to see. But also, like, it, it just kept spiraling further and further. I went on, like, a legitimate 45-minute spiral. And then I was like, I'm halfway through chapter one. Like, I need to keep going. I could have probably spent hours trying to uncover what the fuck was happening. Um, so now, I am going to take... <laughs> I spent like 24 hours trying to figure out what the hell yeah. spiral was Brenna about. and I have no idea. I'm like No, dying we refuse to, to tell us. Yeah, well, we said we like didn't do our pre-discussion as normal. Like We said we wanted to keep the reactions genuine. So I'm about to take you all and my hosts down the spiral I went on last last night. So very early into chapter one, they're in a diner. They go to leave, and the fix says something like, Jacob unfolded all six foot seven inches of himself. And I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, is Jacob six foot seven? Like, <laughs> is that canon? So that was like, I was like, I will Google this. Wait, I'll just check. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, I Google, and the first link is to like his bio page on fandom.com or whatever that is very typical. Uh-huh. Yes, he had a growth spurt when he turned into a werewolf. Where he went from 5'10 to 6'7. But like in the very beginning, in that in that little intro bit where it like told me that, I saw that it said he was married to Rose Hathaway. And I was like, hold on. <sighs> so then I was like, okay, well, I know he like imprints on Renesmee, but is there like a thing later? Like, <sighs> what is this name? Like, who is this? I also know that like Stephanie Meyer briefly had some like more things to add from Edward's perspective. Mm. I was just like, who who is this? Midnight Sun. Who's <sighs> Who is Rose Hathaway? Briefly, briefly you say about Midnight Sun. (laughs) Well, okay. So mm, here's here's where the spiral begins. I click on Rose Hathaway's like hyperlinked name. Uh (laughs) Hold on, sorry. I I cannot edge my fucking seat, Reed. I know. This is killing me. I cannot believe that you started with Jacob is six foot seven. (laughs) (laughs) The the places I went. Okay. Uh So I find out that she's a character from a series called Vampire Academy. So I was like, what is this? Then, then, I see in, like, the sidebar of Jacob's page, like, you know how how it lists relationships? Yeah. So I saw, like, like relationships, not just, like, friendships and stuff, but but dating history. Uh Uh-huh. Here's the list of Jacob's dating history. Edward. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, (laughs) just hold on. Okay. Isabella Swan, ex-girlfriend, Renesmee Cullen, ex-imprinted, Rosalie Hale, ex-wife, with the little, like, um, icon that indicates that someone has died. Wait, No, 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 let me keep going. Rose Hathaway, imprintee slash wife, Alexandra Pendragon, one night stand, Elizabeth Clearwater, one, one night stand. Sorry, it actually says one stand night. Um, <laughs> I also need to say that, like, I have, I've copied down a lot of the things from the wiki into my notes, mm-hmm. um, and if you hear me say anything that sounds, like, grammatically wrong... I am doing my best to read word for word. Okay, the the grammar, you. not always the best. Okay. So I was like, what? What's going on here? So I was like, Alexandra Pendragon. 
I click on this. I get, I get to her page. There is a little, like, you know when a wiki page is broken down into, like, sections? Uh-huh. So a section of my book, Eclipse, it leads with a little quote. The quote says, Carlisle to Bella Swan. Alexandra Pendragon is descendant of Arthur Pendragon. <laughs> Now I'm on her page. I find out Alexandra Pendragon was imprinted on by Leah Clearwater, who is a character in the Twilight series, who is like the, she's, she's the werewolf who like was in love with Sam, but then he Uh he didn't love her back. I know her. They're gay. gay? And they're, yes. In this wiki, they're gay, married, uh, it it notes, even though Alexandra can't imprint back. (laughs) Then (laughs) I'm looking at, God, I'm so sorry. I'm literally going to talk for like 15 minutes straight. No, please but I, do. Please do. Okay. Who are these people? <laughs> Hold on. There's so much more to go. <laughs> Why is Carlisle talking about her? In Eclipse. Okay. Here are some of the nicknames for Alexandra Pendragon. Alexandra by everyone. Sunshine by Leah. L- Lanev? I don't know. By Merlin. Pendragon Girl by everyone. The Great Golden Bronze Wolf by Finna. Cub by, by Victoria Sweeney. So I'm like, okay, I gotta see what's happening here. I click on the hyperlinked name for Victoria Sweeney. <laughs> this led me to the Wolfblood wiki. I was like, I gotta stop. I gotta stop here. Uh-huh. And then I didn't. <laughs> so now I go back to Jacob's page where, where we all began or where it all began. And I see that like in the uh, like index, we have the normal list of books you would expect. And then uh-huh. I see Frostbite Moon and Dark Moon. I click on Frostbite Moon, and to the best of my ability, I can. I think it's a, a sort of a rewrite of New Moon. Um, here's here's a little snippet from the uh, info about Frostbite Moon. Read uh, word for word as accurately as I can. Mm-hmm. Bella and Jacob stop hanging out after prom, so he hang with Rose Hathaway, and they have fun. Months after Edward and his family left with Rose and Lissa in tow, left Forks. Okay, wait. So this is fan fiction. Okay, but right? it's, but it's, it's a in, crossover. But it's in the wiki. I also, I was but if looking it's up... Vampire Diaries? Mm, okay, so I was looking up, like, Frostbite Moon, Twilight, finding nothing. Dark Moon. I go to Dark Moon, and then, like, it just says TBA for oh. Jacob's page, but we'll get back oh. to that later. Will oh. um, <laughs> we? <laughs> I keep going down, and I'm looking at, like, Breaking Dawn, whatever. Everything is rewritten as, like, anything that had Jacob is rewritten as Jacob X Rose, like, just this wife that he has. That is, he talks with Edward, who doesn't want the baby because it is killing Bella, but he cannot do anything because Rosalie Hale guards Bella. She asks Jacob X Rose and Seth, and they agreed upon Bella's request. So, like, all of Jacob is now being rewritten as him having this wife. Now. Why is this in the official wiki? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my question. Stephanie Meyer, I need to call you. <laughs> Normally, I'm not a fan of authors getting involved in fandom, but, like, <laughs> no, I but really like, need I- this. I need to understand if this was something Stephanie okayed or not. <laughs> this is why I was like, I was Googling like Frostbite Moon, Twilight, like Dark Moon, Twilight, but all I was getting was like regular New Moon and then like Midnight Sun. I was like, well, this isn't right. Oh my God. So, okay. Now I decide to actually click I'm on- I'm so invested in this read. No, I'm baffled. Right. I don't understand. Oh, neither do I. Now I click on Dark Moon just mm. to see what's there. In the description for Dark Moon, it uh, hyperlinks to a character, Richard Diablo, I try Googling him. All it gives me is the Diablo game wiki, but I don't actually think he is a part of that game. Then I decided to reverse Google image search because all of these characters, by the way, have like images. I reverse Google image search. What I get for him is 500 plus hits for vampire art ideas on Pinterest. So that didn't get me anywhere. (laughs) No. He has a brother named Kaysen. So I reverse image search Kaysen. And what I get is that his image is taken, I think, from the Wikipedia page about dark elves in Norse mythology. 
However, Richard Diablo, his page just just deepens deepens the web for me, it expands the web. In Richard Diablo's very short summary on his page, it says, Richard Diablo, he is the new alpha of the Federal. New alpha and Federal are both capitalized. And he is the most powerful werewolf. He cannot get killed along with his brother. He can only be killed by the Alexander Pendragon, who is a half-blood. Rasmus, I don't know who that is, has a feud with them for, are you ready for this? For helping Kate Argent set fire to the Hale family home. <laughs> for rescuing Spencer Hastings after her kidnapping no, at nine years old. <laughs> this is Spencer. <laughs> but okay, I also need to say that like, each one of these characters that I have clicked on has like, in their little sidebar, they have an image. Alex they have They have like names, nicknames, birth dates. Some of them have deaths. They have like twenty plus familial relationships. <laughs> there is so much going on. I in one of the Who did this? in one of the like sidebars. I think it was yeah. for Richard Diablo. I find Angel. I'm like, who is this? At this point, I'm just trying to Angel see like Diablo. Well, Angel no, from no, Buffy? Oh. no. His name is just Angel. Well, okay, oh, okay. Here's my thing. I'm trying to Maybe. uncover like how many fandoms are in this. Okay. So. I click on Angel. Here's what I found out about him. At one point, he was also married to Leah Clearwater and Rose Hathaway, but it's unclear what happened there because on a different person's wiki, I think maybe one of his children, it says he's dead. On his own wiki, it does say he's alive, but it also lists the age that he died. <laughs> um, it says he's their husband, but it has Leah listed as his wife and Alexandra listed as his, as his friend, but she also has wife in parentheses. So like, I don't really know what, what is going on w there. Wife of wife. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, maybe it's not like a closed poly triad. Maybe yeah. it's something else. Uh-huh. In his very short wiki page, it does say <clears throat> he is portrayed by Joel Kinnaman in the movie adaptations. So I was like, hold on, hold on. I go to Joel Kinnaman's IMDb. There is not a single hint of the Twilight <laughs> franchise anywhere to be found. <laughs> I, okay. But like, where, like, who does he, what does he play Angel in? This extended universe, like... Okay, so this has to be someone who just edited it in all of yes. their... It cannot be one person. Like, I... The depths, I don't know how to explain to you. Even the even though some of the wiki pages, like, didn't have a lot of, like, info in their actual page, like, the sidebar, the the children, the generations, the death dates, and how they died. Okay, At one point, Angel also worked for the Volturi. Sorry, I oh. forgot to mention that one. I have a question. Yeah, please. Is this quote from Carlisle to Bella about Alexandra Pendragon real? It cannot be. I don't think it is. Okay. But I just it's listed under her thing. Like, it's like Eclipse. I didn't really read the whole thing, but like. Can you send me a link yeah. to like the original <laughs> fan, like fan wiki page? Mm -hmm. Because right now I want you to know that like while we were talking, I did Google like Dark Moon in quotes, mm -hmm. Twilight rewrite. And I have found nothing that looks like what you're talking about. I did find a Wattpad story called Dark Moon Ooh. where you play Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> but I don't think that's right either. No. At this point, though, like... Like, maybe? I felt just unhinged trying to figure out the scope <laughs> of what was happening. Like, this this has to be more than one person. Like, the yeah. amount of information there. This is like a group of friends. But, like, okay, what I want... over their heads. What I want to understand now is, like, is this... The, like, did it start with, like, a legit Twilight fandom wiki that they then sort of abused editing privileges of to write in their full sort of crossover world? Or did they make this whole wiki for their world? So here's the thing. The and website you just accidentally is... ended up on it. So the, so the website is twyfan.fandom.com. Uh, and, like, fandom is, it, like, fandom.com fandom fandom is, like, legit. legit. 
Twyfan, I, well, originally all I was looking for was Jacob's height, so I didn't bother to see if this was accurate. Here's, okay, at this point, uh, once again, I'm feeling just simply unhinged. Mm-hmm. I know that if I let myself, I could go for, like, hours, yeah. so I was like, I have to stop, but- Okay, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> Sorry, I went to that page, let me read you something. Okay. Okay, because it doesn't say the Twilight- wiki it says the twilight fanon wiki and then it says the twilight fanon wiki is a collaborative wiki about your ideas of the twilight saga that anyone can edit okay so and anyone did so here's here's what i have in this in my brief foray this crossover includes twilight vampire academy merlin wolfblood teen wolf pretty little liars and this this i have just barely brushed the surface mm-hmm. like super hulak wishes it was whatever the fuck is happening on twyfan.fandom.com oh my god thank you for letting me talk about this i feel wow. still like i'm I, on an adrenaline rush i don't know what i was expecting but it was not that and also ficklets like if literally any of you have any idea what i'm talking about if you were like tangentially involved or watched this happen i would love to know more like mm-hmm. This feels like a project years in the making. Anyway, <laughs> sorry that almost none of that was about the fic, but, uh... It was worth it. Yeah. What an adventure. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, everyone. <laughs> this was our discussion about Famous Last Words by Ms. Uh Honestly, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, me too. It is a, a very melancholy and dreary fic, uh, which you would not know by the way some of that conversation went. <laughs> Um, but honestly, I really liked it. It was very fun in some ways to come back to this source material that I was obsessed with, like, so many years ago, um, and to kind of see it from, from fresh eyes as an adult. So thank you for, um, indulging me. You didn't have a choice, co-hosts, um, <laughs> but Ficklets, <laughs> thanks for coming along on this ride with us. I hope it was a fun one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Kind of similar to our usual, but a little different with a twist in our fic rec exchange. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Consider these recs also to you if you're interested in them. Um, if you like the pod and would like to engage with us further, you can find us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at ThickClick and on Tumblr at ThickClick. Uh, you can also email us at ThickClickPod at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear from you. You can also join our Discord. It's a great community where we talk about fic, fic writing, all kinds of different fandoms, um, and we'd love to see you there. If you're interested, you can find the link for that on our Twitter as well. If you were moved by this episode, you can do your own recommending of this podcast to your friends. Do it. Woo! Please. Well, only if you want to. Um, only only if you like it. Uh, word of mouth is one of the biggest ways we get new listeners. So we would love it if you, you know, shared us either by telling someone directly like, hey, I think you'd like this podcast or, you know, sharing some of our posts on social media, leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Super, super helpful. Helps people find us. We are still very small. Um, so we would super appreciate that. Also, if you cannot get enough of click in your everyday life, we do have a merch store. Uh, where there are some stickers and you can also get some of the cute designs on like a mug or a notebook or you know check it out Uh, it's linked on our twitter in our pinned tweet so if you are into having cool stuff it's the perfect gift for your fic loving friend or for yourself (laughs) (laughs) 
our next episode, which will be coming out on December 26th, uh, our usual schedule would have it coming out on Christmas, and all three of your hosts do celebrate the holiday, so we are going to put it out a day later. We're taking the day off. Um, yeah, so it will be coming out on the 26th. It will be a mini-sode. Um, we know we just did one, but two, two of your hosts are moving in the month of December, and it's uh-huh. just a busy time, so bear with us a little bit, please. But I'm very excited for it. It is going to be a top fix of the year, like, wrap-up. We did something kind of similar last year. We did top fix of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only been one year since then, though, so... Yeah, so- <laughs> So just sort of our top picks of the year, reflecting on, you know, what this year of fic and fandom has looked like for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be a really good one. So please tune in for that. We are very excited about it. Yeah, we hope to see you then. Thank you for listening this time and have a good two weeks until you hear from us once more. Bye! Bye.